fear to faith. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter number uh, 14, and uh, specifically the passages, verses 1 down through like 16, moving from fear to faith. Anything that requires faith is going to have some level of risk to it because we're stepping into the unknown. When you don't have everything under your control, it's a risk factor. So the question is, how much of a risk factor are you comfortable with? So moving from fear to faith. And I know this, that God is at work. During this time of social distancing for the last two months or more for some of you, um, I believe that God has been doing a work. He has never stopped working in us. He is always at work. He's been preparing you. He's been preparing me for this next season of life. I know that because God is always at work. He never wants us to stay where we are on our faith journey, and it's all about your faith. Uh, that's the, really the only thing that pleases God is when we do things, we step out of the comfort zone and we, and we, we try something, we engage in something that really is stressful to us, but you know what? We're going to trust God for it and we're going to step out and we're going to trust God in it. So I want you to plan. Planning is a good thing. I just don't want you to get up and, and wing this thing because you're talking about something that's going to stretch you. And when I preach a message about this, let me just stop for a moment here and say that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you in all kinds of different areas, all kinds of different ways. And so just because I'm, I'm preaching about faith and I'm talking about uh, moving from fear to faith and getting out of your comfort zone, God's going to speak to you. So as we talked about this morning in our first hour, are you listening? Are you listening to what the Spirit of God is saying to you about this? Right now, some of you are already engaged in this, and you're already connecting of how God is going to move in your life. I want to continue to encourage you to to move forward, to not be stagnant, to to launch out. But before you do that, I want you to plan. Uh, Jesus once told uh, some of his disciples about a story of a rich man who was building some barns, and he started the building process, but he didn't but he didn't finish it. The reason was is because he ran out of money. So Jesus tells us to do what? Evaluate the cost, or the, what the King James says, count the cost. Well, what? What's he saying? Plan. Plan. Evalu- get a budget out there and plan if you're going to build something. Evaluate the cost. There's, there's safety in planning. It may be even your comfort zone. Maybe, you are, maybe you're a planner. Some of you are not planners. Some of you are, are, are wing it and let's go. Um, but some... Some of you really need to go and, and plan some things out. Others of you need to kind of back off on the planning because you're doing too much planning. I don't know if you can do too much planning or not, but sometimes we can step before God and say, you know what, the plans are not saying we're able to do this. God will never tell you and I to do anything that we cannot do. That would be a cruel God to say, okay, I want you to jump to the moon and back. God's not going to tell you something like that. And so whatever God is challenging you to do, you can do this. You may have some fear, but I want to take you from the fear to the faith. I don't want you to reside in fear. So it's been said that there's no foolproof plan. Have you heard that before? Or you may have heard it said like this, even the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Boy, that's an old saying, isn't it? But it's so true. So making plans, whose part is that? That's our part. Trusting God to do his part when we make the plans, 
That's God's part. So there's our part in it, and there's God's part in it. When Moses, here in Exodus chapter number 14, when he led the children of Israel out of bondage, out of slavery, out of uh, Egypt, Pharaoh reluctantly let them go after that 10th plague of death. But as they went, they were about a three-day journey out before and had left, and he changed his mind. He gathered his armies, and he sent the armies out to recapture the children of Israel. The children of Israel was being led by a pillar of a cloud by day and then a pillar of fire at night as they encamped. And that cloud, that pillar of fire, moved from, the, from in front of them in their journey to behind them to protect their rear because the, the uh, army was coming to them. A really miraculous story if you want to go back and look at it and read a lot of that in Exodus chapter 14. One of the major dramas in the Old Testament. But we learn something from that because when we see Pharaoh coming after him, Moses and the children of Israel come down this narrow passage to a sea called the Red Sea. They cannot cross it. It's not knee-high, it's not, and so it's not the Reed Sea. It's the Red Sea. Red Sea is very deep. And so there's mountains all around them. There's no way for them to escape because if they turn back around, the Pharaoh's army is there. So it's almost like God had led them to a dead-end street. Have you ever felt like that before? Like, God, I'm trusting you in this. I felt like you were leading me in this. And here now, I'm facing something that's insurmountable. The mountain that's before me, the obstacle that's before me, uh, you have brought me to a dead end. But you know what? Many times we can respond like that. And just like the children of Israel, they could respond in faith or they could respond in fear. In Exodus chapter 14, look with me down in verse number 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then, notice what they did after they cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there was no graves, you have taken us out into the wilderness to die. (laughs) Boy, they just lashed into Moses, didn't they? Listen to this. Why have you dealt so with us to bring us out of out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we that we told you in Egypt saying, "Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians?" For it would be have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Oh my goodness. Listen to that, folks. I mean, they're praying to God and then they turn around and lamb blast the very man of God that God is using to deliver them. So they're very fearful. They're very reluctant. They are second-guessing. Have you ever done that? You follow God like you thought you should, and then at a certain point in that whole situation, you find a little resistance. You don't have any answers because it's out of your control. And then what happens? You begin to second-guess. Did God really want me to do this? Did God really want me to lead? Did God really want me to move my family, whatever it may be? Did God really want me to come down on this side of that decision? That's exactly what's happening here. Boy, isn't the Bible relevant? So I want to encourage you during times like that to move from your fear to what? To your faith. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 56, verse 3 and 4, and I'll read it for you. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. Isn't that wonderful? I will not fear. Now, let's pick up chapter number 13 of our passage. 
And Moses said to the people, Be not afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall, you shall see again no more ever, forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. At, hey, listen, stop there just for a moment. At this time, Moses had no clue how God was going to deliver. God, he, didn't know Mo, he didn't know that God was going to split the waters. He had no clue about that. So don't jump forward in the story. Moses is being the strong leader of God that he needs to be at this time before the people of God. Although he may have been worrying inside and fearful, he did not display that to the children of Israel. And I love that about our nation during time of crisis. We have strong leaders that don't cast forth fear and doubt, but yet safety and security. I love that. And you find that here in a strong leader of the Old Testament as well. So Moses could have been thinking, just like a lot of them were thinking after they heard that little speech from Moses, well, yeah, God's going to use um, hornets to, to attack the Pharaoh's army, or God's going to come down with a mighty angel, and, he, and he's going to slay all the armies uh, of the Egyptians. They had no clue. Because you notice Moses said that God's going to fight for you. Well, God didn't do any fighting, did he? I mean, God didn't do any fighting. God did some delivering, but God didn't come. God didn't do it the way Moses may have thought because Moses kind of leads us into thinking that there's going to be a big battle, a lot of blood. That ain't what happened. Hey, have you ever thought you know the way God's going to answer? You got it all mapped out because you prayed about it, and you know exactly how God's going to answer. Well, if you're like me, I don't know of one time, not once, that I prayed and I thought God was going to do it this way when he did it his own way. And, folks, it was much better than Doug's way. But you know what? I said, hey, I'll take that. There have been so many times as a pastor that I have done that. I have even brought forth plans and programs before the church bodies and the different places that I've ministered, even here at Boulder Ridge Fellowship. And, uh, you know, they just fall flat on their face. And God does it a whole different way. Still gets it done. And I just stand before him and said, well, God had different plans. And everybody says, yeah, because while wow, we're following God in this, there's no perfect plan. And so when you plan, just make sure that you leave room for, for, to God to move in those plans, all right? Um, don't, don't write them in stone, I guess, all right? Write them in the sand. Give God some room uh, because God, many times, like I say, he doesn't answer uh, like we think he's going to or the way that we think he's going to answer. And so everyone, here's my point, everyone saw what was coming up against them, including Moses, and they were at a dead-end streak. They were boxed in. And you know, you think about that, the Red Sea before them, and I think about this. What is your personal Red Sea that you think that you can't cross? There ain't no way, pastor, that I'm going to be able to cross this. That is too big of a hurdle. Well, how big of a hurdle do you think that God can't hurdle? How big of a mountain did you think that God can't go over? Or let me say this, God just tunnels right through the thing. Are we trying to box in our great and mag majestic God? What is your personal Red Sea? Because listen to me, everybody has them. Everybody has a Red Sea. Don't be sitting there today and think, I ain't got no Red Seas. Yeah, you do. So I'm asking you today, as a voice piece of God, I'm not God. I'm just asking you, what is your personal Red Sea? You have a fear. What is it? Is it, is it fear of catching the coronavirus? Is it fear of catching cancer? 
People live in these fears. They get an ache, they get a pain in their body, they get a twitch, and the first thing they think about is they got some serious illness that's going to cripple them and debilitate them for the rest of their life, and they live in that fear. You can deny it if you want, but some folks, they have a fear of losing their job every day. They come and, and, and the company's going to go down. They have a fear of nuclear war. They have a fear that the planet's going to die tomorrow or in 20 years, and people commit suicide. You've heard it just as well as I've heard these things. It's living in what? Living in fear. And man, it is just a myriad of different illustrations that you and I can go to. I'm just asking you a simple question today to get you to engage in helping you to move from one place to another. What is your personal Red Sea? You have a a whole spectrum of emotions at this point in time. And I'm not judging anybody for anything. I'm just asking you, are you fearful about getting back out? Are you fearful about getting out of the house? Are you fearful of that? Are you living in that? Is it dictating where you go and where you don't go? Now, I'm not saying abandon common sense, but at some point, you got to start living your life. At what point are you going to do that, or are you going to judge when other people go out and start the engage? What are you fearful of? You look at it, it's like, there's no way I'm going to be there until this thing is totally eradicated. Okay, I'm not condemning you for that. I'm asking you, are you living in fear? Do you do that with anything else? Because there's a lot of other things that are contagious and bring people to the point of fear. I'm just trying to engage you not to to do anything that, that, that is harmful and detrimental to your health, but as something that is in your faith keeping you back from your fullest. Moses had a people following him from probably from two to five five million people is what estimates say. And facing something that was very unpredictable, they didn't know where they were going, it was, it was overwhelming. And if it's unpredictable to Moses and it was overwhelming to Moses, that Red Sea is your Red Sea. Whatever that is, that's your Red Sea. You don't feel good about it. You're hesitant about it. You, 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 you can't control that. Something out there, you can't control where the virus goes, right? You can't do that. And so it's fearful. You, you don't know who has it, who doesn't have it, how it's transmitted. We don't know all those things. So in not, not knowing all those things, fear can often come into our lives. Your faith Faith, the word faith is an action verb. It's always moving. It's never, it's ever stagnant. Your faith should be always moving, always growing. And so when you come to your Red Sea, don't think that it's God's rejection of you, that God rejected the people of Israel and that he brought them out there to kill them. No, many times our Red Sea is not God's rejection, but God's direction. Write that down. God's dark. He's right where he, where he wants you, right there in that hard spot, right there in that place where it seems like there's no other way, <coughs> excuse me, of deliverance. And then you lean on the mighty arm of God, and he comes through wonderfully. So Moses realizes this, and he comes to the Lord, and look down in verse number 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. What's God saying to Moses? Quit praying and tell the people to start going. Start moving. Get after it. Let's go. The army's coming. I'm not going to stop them for eternity. There's a time for you. I brought you this way, and I'm leading you this way. There's an obstacle, but I'm going to take care of you. I want you to continue to to, uh, obey me. I've already told you. I haven't changed my mind. I don't change my mind. When God speaks, he doesn't change his mind. 
And so these people that Moses is leading out, they begin to march forward, and the Bible says that there was a strong east wind that's coming in behind them. It wasn't blowing in their face. It was coming in behind. So basically their hair was flying forward. And the strong east wind divided, parted the waters, and that the children of Israel walked across the, 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 the bottom of the Red Sea on dry ground. Two to five million people. Now, it took a long time. Matter of fact, it took all day, if you look at the Word of God. It took all day. So what's it saying to us? It's saying that there's a time to pray and there's a time to move. There's a time to get out of the house. Or we, we can pray. God, take the coronavirus away. And we've been praying. God, use any means you want to. Scientists, doctors, medical field, use them. Uh, that's okay. I don't, I'm not dictating how. So God says... Moses, quit praying. So there was a time for action, and there's a time to pray. And Moses could pray as he's walking, (laughs) if you want to do that. But as they moved to the waters, the water parted. So let's look then in verse number 16, 21 and 22. The Bible says that Moses prayed. It says, Moses lifted up his rod and stretched out his hand over the sea, and it divided divided it. And the children of Israel, down in verse number 21 and 22, shall go forth on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on the right and on their left. So what is it that's stopping you? What is it is that your Red Sea? Again, I keep asking that question. What are, what are you still praying about that God's saying, stop praying about? Now, this is not to everybody, but it is to some people. What is it? One of these days, pastor, I'm going to start sharing my faith. and that's, God's, going to be, God's going to be number one in my life. Won't you quit praying about that and do it? One of these days, I'm going to find me a church home, and I'm going to be sold out, and I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to do that, and I'm still praying for God to lead me to the right one. How long have you been praying for that? And I don't mean to say that condescending, but somebody needs to tell you. There's some things to quit praying about. There's no perfect church. Just make sure it's a Bible-believing church. Get moving. Get serving. Could it be that you're waiting for God to heal you physically, yet you haven't done your part on eating right? You haven't done your part on exercising? You haven't done your part on listening to your doctor's advice? Am I stepping on toes? I'm just trying to be a pastor to you. Lord, heal me, but yet we're not doing what God's telling us to do through the voice of other people godly people. Could it be that you're waiting on God to bring you a new job, but yet you haven't filled out one application yet? You haven't filled out one resume yet. You haven't, you haven't acquired the skills that job, that, that job is, is required for you to have, and you're still praying about that. Stop praying about that. You think God's going to answer that? It's kind of like I use the illustration sometimes. God, give me a job, and we're, and we're sitting down. We're on the couch, eating our chips, drinking our beverage, watching our TV show, and we're not doing anything, God's saying quit praying about that and put, put some things into action. Start walking towards your Red Sea. Could it be that you're waiting to God to provide you more money, yet you haven't made a personal budget? You haven't implemented necessary cuts in your spending habits? But yet, you know, we're still praying over these. Could it be that you're waiting for God to fix your, your relationship, marriage, friendship, uh, uh, you know, at your, jo- at your job? 
yet you haven't taken the, the initiative to love that person like God loves you. I mean, that's our, that's our core uh, statement, our, our, our mission statement here at Boulder Ridge Fellowship is to lead people to establish a relationship with God in order to equip and empower them get this, to demonstrate God's love to the world. God loved us first. We didn't love him. And we're to take God's love and show that to other people. You want to talk about the best thing to help your relationships, spouse, friendships, work, relatives. You begin to pray for them and you begin to love them like God's loved you. And you just look at the, you'll look at the, I mean, you won't be able to get people away from you. You'll have so many friends and the relationships. It'll just be sweet. So God is saying to some of us today, why do you keep crying to me just like he did to Moses? Why are you keep asking me this? I haven't changed my mind. I've already told you what you need to do. I'm just simply saying today, let go. Plan and let go and launch out there. Let go of your fear. Let go of your doubt. It's not easy to do. I'm not saying that it's easy, but you can do it. Let go of your reservations. Let go of that mentality of that it's my way or the highway. Let, let go of the, if I don't do it, then nobody gets to do it. Let go of that thing of that, that it's, it's of doing it only your way and launch out, out of your comfort zone. I want to close with this illustration. A child was playing, picked up a vase, a very valuable vase in their home, and that child had its, had its hand in the inside of that vase but could not withdraw its hand back out. And so the parents were obviously concerned about this, and it was a very valuable vase, and they tried to get the child's hand out of it, and they pulled and pulled, and finally they were just exhausted about what to do, and they thought, well, I guess we're just going to have to break open this, this vase in order to get our hand, my child's hand out of it. And so the father said, well, wait a minute, we'll try one more thing. And so he went down to the child, and he says, now what I want you to do as I want you to put your hand, take your hand, and do your hand like mine. I want you to see daddy's hand. I want you to put your hand like mine. And, and, and his father didn't know how he had his hand in the vase, obviously. So he said, just stretch out your fingers like mine. Stretch them out. And the little boy said, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. And daddy said, well, why can't you do that? Is your fingers hurt or something wrong? He said, no, no, I'll lose my penny. So, so what, are, what are you hanging on to that stops you from being liberated? Is it a worthless penny that the world offers you? I'm asking you to let go, and I know that's a challenge to you, but I would never ask you something to do that is impossible or wrong in any way. I believe that you will put trust in God, plan, count your cost, and then launch out and do it. I believe God is going to bless you for this, and I believe you will never regret the time that you put your trust and you put your faith in God. Let go and launch out. Move from faith, from fear to faith.